Well, let's get in. Did you bring your Bible? Amen. This is the day when you need to be in the Word. Amen. So let's make our declaration this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the truth that it contains. I thank you that your word is a foundation that we can hear and do, and it becomes that foundation that is unshakable in our lives. And Lord, we thank you today that your word's going to be deposited. It's going to be, begin to grow in our life and produce the harvest that it contains in Jesus' name. And somebody said... Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Open your Bibles up to Colossians chapter 3. We've been going through the book of Colossians. and uh, uh, But this morning we're just going to focus on one verse and then I'm going to take you on a journey. And, uh, and I'm going to challenge you with something that is so vitally important. We're talking about our agenda for this year is our identity in Christ. Knowing who we are in Christ. Amen. And uh, living by that and knowing that it's not you and Christ. So most people have Christ and then me, me and Jesus. But it's you in Christ and seeing yourself in him and living out of that reality of who you are in Christ and who he is in you. And so when I understand that and I see that, then I come to the place of knowing that uh, what I say declares what I believe. Amen. If I really believe in the Lord, then what I say declares what I believe. Amen. And uh, so this morning, we're going to uh, cover a couple areas here. And uh, so, going to be good stuff. So, just look at the cover of your outline real quick. And uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ. And I like that. For me, if is the most challenging word in the Bible. If says, you know, you say you are, but if you are, if you really are, then there should be an evidence of who you are in Christ. Saying it is one thing, living it and doing it is something else. Amen? And so if you are raised with Christ, now look at what he says. Seek those things which are where? Above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. Now, let me put you like this. God's been, he spoke this to me the other morning as we were doing our, our uh, we just, we, today was the 21st day of, of uh, having a prayer time on Facebook. We're doing Facebook Live for 21 days. So we finished the book. We went through Ephesians and Philippians and that. But the other morning, the Lord challenged me in this. He said, hey, you, you, you live on the horizontal. Pa- Paul said, you know, live for the upward call. And so you're living here on a horizontal plane in life. But you have an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And look what Paul's doing, saying right here. He says, on your horizontal life, while you're walking through life on this horizontal plane, dealing with everything there is in life, keep a vertical mindset. Keep a vertical mindset where you are focused on God. Your attentions are on God. Your thoughts are on God. Let the mind of Christ. Paul said this in Philippians 2. Let the same mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? So you have to let that happen. You have to set your mind. You have to seek the things of God. And you have to do it purposefully in your life. It doesn't happen by accident. So he says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. So your life is in Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So our life is in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. How many are thankful that the Lord is going to appear? Amen. Amen. And uh, people always say, well, when's He going to come? Well, if He would tell you, you would screw around intentionally. <laughs> hey, man, I got four more days to get it right. Hello? So the Lord put it down under the... He, he gives us the, the, the concept of His imminent return, meaning He could return at every moment. So you're supposed to live ready every moment of your life. That's why I said no man's going to know the day or the hour, so live purposeful and live ready to meet the Lord any moment, expecting Him to come at any moment. Amen? 
or just expecting that to happen. So look at the cover outline. So last week we went all the way through Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. And as we just read, Paul begins exhorting us to seek the things which are above in Christ and to set our minds on things above. Why is this so important? Why does he emphasize that? And he emphasizes it in almost every one of his letters on, on, on controlling our thought life. Think about that. Because the devil is always looking to take ground in the arena of our minds. The devil wants the territory of your mind. He wants to control your thought process. Because if he controls your thoughts, and he controls what you say. And if he controls your thoughts and controls what you say, then he has access and authority over your life. Are you doing all right? So he always comes to do that. And so we fight in this area. The devil comes to steal the territory that belongs to God and to claim it as his own. Your mind belongs to God. Your life belongs to God. But he comes to take the territory that belongs to God and claim it as his own. He wants our minds and our hearts filled with his words of fear, doubt, and unbelief. And then for us to speak them into the earth. Hear this. With the authority... God is with the authority given to us by God to produce the harvest he desires to receive through our lives. You are a voice of authority in the earth. God created man as the authority in the earth. Genesis chapter 1, God said to man, I give you authority over all the earth to have dominion and to do it. Man's original creation was to be the person of authority in the earth, which is why everything God does in your life, he only does with your permission. Everything God asks you to do in obedience to the word of God is you giving him the authority to come in your life. You open the door for God to get. God does not force himself in. The devil is the forcer. The devil is the intruder. The devil is the thief. The devil is the one who tries to break in. God doesn't break in. He says, you have to invite me in. You have to open the door and allow me to come in. And so the devil knows that there's authority that man, you're the only created creature on the face of the earth that God made in his image that has the power of words. And every time you speak word, your words are a creative force. And they create every time you speak. And the devil understands the creative force of words. Everything you're reading in your Bible, God spoke to a man and then men spoke. And then they recorded what they said. And words are what's coming to pass. Are you doing all right? Words are what God is bringing to pass. So hear this again. He comes to steal the territory that belongs to God and claim it as his own. He wants our minds and our hearts, speaking of the devil, filled with his words of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Then he wants us to speak them into the earth with the authority given to us by God to produce the harvest that he, the devil, wants to receive through our life. The devil is out to produce a harvest, and he's asking you to declare it into the earth. He's asking you to speak his word. When God comes to you, he says, speak my word. Are you doing all right? All right. So look at the next part here. Our battleground is always in the arena of our minds and our thoughts, which shape and form the words that come out of our mouth, and to take root in our heart and produce either life or death. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 10? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are those thoughts and imaginations in our mind that are contrary to God's word. And listen to what it says. And bringing every thought into obedience to Christ. So the devil wants to give you thoughts that are contrary to God, that are strongholds, that are arguments and reasoning against the truth of the word of God. Are you doing okay? And so that battle, so the weapons were not worn against flesh and blood, but this battle is in the minefield of our own minds. Watch it. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now the, the devil knows that scripture. And he knows that you have the power of death and of life. And he does not want you speaking life. He wants you speaking death. Are you doing okay? Both God and the devil desire to fulfill their purpose through our lives. And both accomplish their purpose in our lives through words. God accomplishes his purpose in our life by getting us to speak and declare and to live our life in agreement with 
his word. The devil accomplishes his purpose through your life by getting you to agree and live your life in agreement with his words. Amen. Both accomplish their purpose through our lives by words. God's purpose is to redeem and reconcile man back to himself. God has one purpose in the earth, reconciling humanity. From the fall till the end, the story is redemption. God is redeeming humanity, all of humanity, all over the face of the earth. That's why you go into any nation and preach the gospel, and God will save souls out of nations. The gospel works anywhere and everywhere that there are people on the face of the earth. Amen? And the gospel is a compound word that means good news. It is the good news that man is no longer separated from God. He's been reconciled and is able to come back into relationship with his father and his creator. Man has been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. So think about it. The devil's purpose is to take as many souls to hell with him as he possibly can. The devil has one purpose. He's, his goal, his ultimate goal, and he will never quit. His goal is you in hell. That's his goal. The devil's goal is you in hell. And he'll get you there any way he wants. He'll use every nice lie he has. He didn't just use blatant lies. He didn't just do the crazy stuff. He, he uses the compromising lie. He uses this not that bad lies. He uses it's okay. You know what? Everybody's doing it. Amen? Look at, look at, they're doing it, they're doing it, it must be okay. He uses all the lies that are connected to good and evil. He doesn't want you living by truth, and he doesn't want you walking in the spirit. He wants you judging everybody, everything by what you think is good or by what you think is evil. And sometimes we even judge the word by what's good or evil. Man, that's not a good word at all. That's an evil word. That's after my life. That's asking me to die. That can't be good. The devil's purpose is to take as many souls to hell as he possibly can. And he wants to use you to help him to accomplish his purpose. You see, there's a spiritual law or a principle, if you would, that too many of us fail to realize. And this morning, as your pastor and your friend, I'm going to get pretty personal. And it is this area right here. It's the reality that our confession rules us. You are snared by the words of your mouth. Period. Your confession, the words that come out of your mouth, are ruling your life. If you don't like your life, Shut up and get a new vocabulary. Change what you say. If you would listen to yourself, well, I was just talking. There's no such thing as just talking. Every word is a creative force. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 12. Men will give an account for every idle word they have spoken. Because words are a creative force. In the beginning, God said, let there be life. Everything you see, everything tangible in the universe, everything was created by a word spoken from the mouth of God. And God created you in his image with the same power and the same authority. Which is why the devil wants your mind and he wants your voice. Because your voice is the voice of authority in the earth. And when you speak, you speak a creative word. Listen to what God says, Isaiah 55. My word shall not return to me void. It will accomplish what I send it to accomplish. So the word of God is sent to accomplish and produce. It's not just casual word. It's not take it or leave it conversation. It's the living word of God. The Word of God is alive. Your words are life. Or they are death. They, but they produce either way. Are you doing okay? Alright, so watch this. 
It's a reality that our confession rules us. When we use the term confession, most people instinctively think of confessing our sin. And Scripture does say that. I put it in your outline, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we come to the Lord, we confess, Father, forgive me. I confess my sin before you and that. And, and we give that to the Lord. We declare, you know, that, that we are worthy of judgment, that we deserve to be judged and condemned because of our conduct and our choice, our action. We have born with the sin nature and that nature has produced fruit in our life. And now we, we're, we're sorrowful for that. We repent of that. And we confess that before the Lord, and then he forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But that is only one side of confession, and to stay focused only on confessing sin, that is, is to miss out on the fact that the Word of God has so much more to say about the positive side of confession. So we're going to take a journey down the positive side this morning. Is that all right? So watch it. Which is the confession of our faith and of who we are in and through Christ. So we began the series on our identity in Christ and, and having that of I am, I have, and I can. I am, amen? I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have everything God says I have, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? So learning to declare who I am in Him, what I have in Him, and what I can do in Him, that's what's supposed to be coming out of my mouth. As a believer, that's what's supposed to come out of my mouth. Not all the other garbage of this world. Are you doing all right? We have to have that confession. So watch this. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10. Watch what Paul writes here. Well, if we actually go, go back up to verse 8, it says, What does it say then? The word is near you, even in your mouth, and what? In your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, somebody say with the mouth, watch this, and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. Salvation. So what I confess with my mouth, confession is based upon what, I mean salvation is based upon the confession that comes out of my mouth. Not just what I believe in my heart, but my salvation is based upon the confession of words that come out of my mouth. And that's more than just initial forgiveness. I love what D.L. Moody said in, in his devotional the other day. He says, most Christians never get past being a pardoned criminal. What a great thought. I never get past it. Well, I'm just a sinner saved. I've just had my sins forgiven. Okay, I'm a criminal, and now I've been pardoned. But there's more than that. Now that you're pardoned, you're redeemed. You're a new creature in Christ. You're a joint heir with Him. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. You have His power. You're filled with the Spirit and the fullness and the life of God. Well, you know, I just can't. And so we, we just, we, we're just down in the mouth unbelievers. More unbelief comes out of our mouth than faith. And I love you. That's why I preach to you like this. Amen. So watch this. That's one side of our career. So the, we read that. So with the heart I believe, but with the mouth I confess. Now, just hear it again. What Your confession, your words are ruling your life. I'm going to prove this to you. It's so important that we understand this. So here Paul gives us instruction, not on confessing sin, but confessing Christ as our Lord and Savior. In our hearts we believe, and with our mouths we confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. 
Now, 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 lordship means rule and authority. So if he is Lord of my life, then I have to give him rule and authority over my thoughts and over my words. I have to give him rule and authority over every area. And in our hearts, we confess him as Lord in our life. And in our hearts, we believe in who we are in Christ. And with our mouths, we confess, I am, I have, and I can. Amen. You know, it's interesting. Sean and I were, uh, uh, and I feel sorry because he doesn't, I, I, I'll be nice. I won't even say that. I was going to make a joke, but it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> Not everybody appreciates my humor. But, and actually, they, they started a night, he's challenging his church in a 90-day challenge. And just doing awesome. So it, it, it's 90 minutes for 90 days. 30 minutes in the Word, 30 minutes in prayer, and 30 minutes exercising. How many are glad you don't go to that church? <laughs> I got to exercise for 30 minutes. I got to pray for 30 minutes. I got to read my Bible for 30 minutes. Oh, man. Where am I going to find 90 minutes? I don't know. But anyway, but he said he's had people, he's had some people have come up and they're admitting they have never read their Bible. And he had one lady say, I've been reading my Bible. How come some words are in red and some are in black? Now, now, now wait a minute. Don't go capping on nobody else. When was the last time you spent 30 minutes in your word? I'm saying this because I can pick on them and, and get to you at the same time. When was the last time you spent any in-depth time in the word letting God's word? When was the last time you opened this? When was the last time? See, the, the nice thing about your phone, you can let your phone read to you. Well, that's dynamic. I wonder why I don't get many answers. I wonder why I don't have much victory in my life. Proverbs 6 and verse 2 says this. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. What you say is so important. What's coming out of your mouth every day, all the time, is so important. Because you are either declaring who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, and what you can do in Christ, or you're declaring what the devil's told you. You're either speaking God's word or you're speaking the devil's word. There's only two sources of words in this earth. One of them come from the liar, and one of them come from the truth. Are you doing all right? So watch this. You see, the words we speak continually every day are our confession. Let me put it to you another way like this. Just because you believe it, or I'll put it to you another way, let me say it like this. You don't believe it until you say it. I don't believe it until I say it. And I can't say I believe one thing and then always be speaking something that is contrary to what I say I believe. I can't say I believe that God is my healer, but all I talk about is being sick. I can't say God is my provider and I believe in his provision. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes, he is El Shaddai. My God shall. I just don't have enough money to do anything. I'm just so broke. Amen. I'm so broke I can't pay attention. <laughs> I agree. Be it unto you according to your words. You know, if you had somebody around you that just said, I agree with you all the time, said be it unto you according to what you say, you'd start to get mad at that person. Yeah. 
The words we speak continually every day are our confession. There is no such thing as an idle word. Both God and the devil listen to our words. They both listen. Our words declare our faith or our fear. Only God, or God only responds to our faith. God only responds to faith. That's all he responds to. Faith is you speaking what he's declared concerning you. Faith is you believing and declaring the word of God in, through, and over your life. That's the voice of faith. Faith comes by, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the message of the word. Hearing by the word of God. The, the, the Amplified said, faith comes by hearing the message contained in the word. I haven't heard the word until I've heard the message contained in it, and that gets in my heart, and now I speak it out. Doing okay? All right. But the devil always hears and responds to our fear. How did the devil know how to attack Job? When the, de- when, God went before, when the devil went before God, and God says, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the land. A righteous man who fears God and turns from evil. And the devil says, Hey, he's only like that because you have this hedge around him. You take that hedge down and let me touch his life. How did the devil know where to touch Job's life? Because the Bible says that he was fearful that his children were always going to do something stupid. How many have those kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he continually offered sacrifices for them out of his fear. Instead of speaking life over them and speaking God's word about them and confessing the word over them, He offered sacrifices out of his fear. So the devil said, you you, you let me touch this area. And I know what to touch because I've heard his voice of fear. I know where I have access into his life. I know the areas where he has no faith. Because he doesn't speak faith, he only speaks fear. And fear is my language. The devil says. Are you doing all right? He always listens and responds to our fear. So listen to me. What you say is your confession. Every day, what you're saying, that's a confession over your life. And our confession and the words we speak rule us. And our words determine the harvest we reap in our lives, for they are the seeds of our faith, Or they are the seeds of our fear. When you become a Christian, you're supposed to get a new vocabulary. You're supposed to talk about life differently. Because you're no longer of the world. You live horizontally in this world, but you're no longer of the world. You are now in the kingdom of God. And you're ruled by the principle, and you operate in the principle, and with authority of the kingdom, that is a kingdom that is over this world. And you live and talk and walk in that authority. Hallelujah. Is this all right this morning? Hallelujah. I love upsetting the devil. Amen. I might give you a seven-day challenge. You know what that'll be? Shut up. I challenge you. Give one word, just shut up for the whole week. I bet you come back next Sunday. Man, this is the best week I ever had. (laughs) Just shut up. Shut up about your spouse. Shut up about your children. Shut up about COVID. Shut up about politics. Shut up about your finances. Just shut up. You say, how you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What you up to today? Mm -hmm. I'm in shut up mode. 
going to be a good week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our confession and the words we speak rule us. Our words determine the harvest we reap, for they are the seeds of our faith or of our fear. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Is this all right this morning? You can always tell when you're preaching the word because you can feel demons wanting to manifest. <laughs> Talk to me like that. Come out. It's always interesting when Jesus cast out devils, he'd say, come out and shut up. He'd tell the, the devils start talking and say, shut up. Shut up and come out. Don't let them talk. One of the funniest stories I heard was Lester Summerall. Norval Hayes talking about working with Lester Summerall. And uh, there was some lady came to service in the altar. She just started manifesting this spirit and on the ground and just voicing and talking everything out. And Lester's up on the platform and looked at Norval. And uh, looks over and said, hey, go cast the devil out of that lady and don't let it talk. Norval looks at him and says, you're God's man of faith and power. You get down here and do that stuff. But he said, go cast the devil out and don't let it talk. Don't let it talk. What a great word. Quit letting the devil talk to you. Take authority over the devil. Begin to realize that voice is not the voice of God. I'm not going to listen to that boy. I'm not going to allow those words to get sewn into my heart and get into my mind and end up in my heart and then come out of my mouth. I'm not going to let you speak into my life. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three. Watch it with me. How come Matthew 11 doesn't look like Mark? They both start with M-A. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you. Now watch this. For assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly. Anytime Jesus said assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, mark it down, that's it. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, somebody say whoever. So watch this. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not what? Where? In his heart. And does not doubt in his heart. You know why you don't speak the word of God with authority and boldness? Because of doubt in your heart. You have to hear the word of God long enough to replace doubt with faith. And I like what Brother Hagin said one time. He said this. It's amazing truth. He said, you can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart, and the faith in your heart will always overcome the doubt in your head. The great word. And does not doubt in his heart, but what? But believes, watch this, that those things he says will come to pass. He will have Whatever he says. Now I'm going to submit to you, that is a spiritual law. That you have what you say. And you say what you believe. The challenge is, if you don't believe it, why are you saying it? This is really good. I'm going to play this back and watch this myself. So look at what Jesus said. Look at your outline with me. Let's just meditate on these words for a minute. Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, here in your outline, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have what he says. 
I'll put you like that. I'll just use this as an example. Before we had COVID, people used to get the flu. And every year, this was what they called flu season. And people would always say, believer or non-believer, oh man, it's flu season. I get the flu every year. A couple days later, you see him and say, oh man, I'm so sick, I got the flu. <laughs> it's springtime, plants are budding. Watch this. My allergies are acting up. Every year at this time, my allergies drive me crazy. Why would you claim disease? My this, put anything in there you want. Anything you call yours, why would you claim that? I tell you, I feel demons. (laughs) Strongholds. Strongholds. Let me ask this. Listen to what Jesus said. Whatever he says shall come to pass. He will have, he will have what he says. Said truly. You know what you have? You have what the great thing about getting saved is I get delivered from myself. So here's the question. Did Jesus know what he was saying? Or were these just empty words of a religious zealot? Because that's what people will say. You start preaching this, and be oh, you're one of them guys. You're one of them faith guys. Yeah, what's the option? If you're not a faith guy, what's the option? You've heard me tell it. It's funny. We actually got a phone call one day. Somebody called and asked, are you one of them faith churches? I said, well, what's the option? I said, no, actually, we preach a lot of fear, doubt, and unbelief. You ought to come. It'll really depress you. We're here to help you lose on every level. <laughs> so did Jesus know what he was saying? But think about that. You, you start going, oh man, you, 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 you're one of those word of faith people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're one of those prosperity people. Beats poverty. You just believe God will do anything he said. Beats doubting him. Doing all right? Absolutely. So here's the question. Did Jesus mean exactly what he said? Sure he did. He said, absolutely, I tell you. Certainly, I tell you. In other words, this is a truth you can take to the bank. Just go back to those scriptures there. Look at verse 24. Therefore, watch this. So look what he said. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Let me just dabble into this for a moment. Because people will pray, I don't feel like my prayers are getting. Then why are you wasting your time? Because you don't believe prayer works. If you said you prayed, but then you say you don't believe it's getting answered, you just said you didn't believe your prayer worked. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So when you pray, you believe, and from that moment on, thank you, Father, all things are working together for my good. Father, I don't have to see it. I believe that I have it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've asked. You've heard. It's on its way. I believe it's mine. It's coming. It will show up. Amen. 
you're one of those. Amen. So watch this. He said, we will have what we say and believe in your heart. Now let me read that back. You have what you say and you're receiving what you believe in your heart. If you don't like what you're receiving, change what you're believing in your heart and saying out of your mouth. Hallelujah. So when we really believe something in our hearts, positive or negative, fear or faith, we say it with our mouth. People say, I'm so afraid. I'm, so, I'm just afraid. I'm just fearful. I'm just... Why? Amen. Why? I said at the memorial service yesterday, even when it comes to death, what's happened? You know what swept over our nation? The fear of death. The fear of death. And through the fear of death, what's happened? Oppression. With the fear of death comes what? Oppression. People are so, people are so afraid of dying or causing other people to die. Oh, you don't care. You, you don't care if you kill somebody. God bless you too. Get out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. When we really believe something in our hearts, positive or negative, fear or faith, we say it with our mouth, and we will have what we say. Hey, guys, go. Eli, get that clip ready to go. I want you to watch this. So I was putting this together, typing this out last night, finalized it, and God just reminded me of this clip, and it's so powerful. How many of you have ever watched the movie Secondhand Lions? Hilarious, okay? Now, in that movie, there's a scene where the, grand to, the, the nephew comes to live with them, and he gets, finally talks them into spending some of their money. So the one guy decides, we need to plant a garden. So they have all these traveling salesmen to come in and sell all this stuff. So they buy all these packages of seeds, and they're going to plant this great garden. So they get out there, they plant this great garden, and then all their crops start coming up. And at the end of each row... They have a little stick. How many done that? You have a little garden row, and then you put the little seed bag on there so you know what's coming up. Okay. And so uh, this is what happens uh, when they finally start think, looking at the seed that they planted and what's starting to grow. Are you ready, Eli? Yep. All right, go ahead and play. Peas. Beans, squash, tomatoes. Yeah. What's this, row? Beets. Beets. Yep. And what about this, row? Potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. Wait one damn minute here. What's this row here? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. There's lettuce, squash, sweet potatoes, carrots, bok choy. Bok choy? What's that? Chinese cabbage. Hey, yeah. that row looks right. Yeah, that, well, this is corn. All those seeds did look alike, come to think of it. Yeah, like corn. Boy, that seed salesman sure saw us coming. No, saw you coming. Corn, corn, corn. Nothing but corn. 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 Uh. My God, it's here. Awesome. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> What's that mean? It means every seed reproduces after its own kind. I don't care what package you put it in. So the guy took corn seed, put it in a package that said beets, had a package that said this, and that's kind of what we're doing. We think we can just say and sow all these seeds and reap a different harvest in the seed that we're sowing. Are you getting that? But all you're sowing is fear, doubt, and unbelief. And I can't think I'm going to receive a harvest of faith 
just because I put my conversation in a religious package of what I hope to receive. Every seed can only reproduce after its own kind. Are you with me? So watch this. Whether we either declare who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and what we can do in Christ, or we are speaking fear, doubt, and unbelief. Package it any way you want. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Which is why Paul, and we read it, exhortation is so important. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, Thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Elevate your conversation off of the horizontal into the vertical with God. Amen. Amen. So what are we to do? Pastor, what do I do? How do I deal with that? Here, let me give you a great word. Repent. Repent. What does repent mean? I gave you the definition. Look at it. The definition of repent is to think differently. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to renew. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. By changing the way you think. Think differently. Why? Because it's always the heart that man, with the heart that man believes and with his mouth confession is made to receive any of the provision of God. Both Romans 10.10 10 and Mark 11.23 say the same thing with different words. With the mouth confession is made unto and he shall have whatever he says. See, part of your salvation is declaring every benefit that is yours in and through Christ Jesus. And confessing that is declaring your salvation. So what is the confession and the profession that we are to hold on to and to declare? It is the confession of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The confession of our faith in God our Father. The confession of our faith in the Word of God and of who we are in Christ. As a Christian, we can be totally sincere and yet weak because we never really dare to confess what God's word says about us. A lot of sincere Christians that are weak and defeated because they won't declare what the word of God says. Amen. They've never dared to confess they are who the word says they are, that they have what the word says they have, and they can do what the word says they can do to declare I am, I have, and I can. Some will even fight and argue to hold on to their negative confessions. With the justification of reality. And religious gymnastics of false humility. A wrong confession is a confession of defeat and failure. If you don't like being sick, quit talking about sickness. Find another topic to talk about. And if you can't talk about anything but sickness and disease, shut up. Amen. Think about it. Get this. Confession, a wrong confession, is a confession of defeat and of failure. Now watch this. And of the supremacy of Satan. If I have a wrong confession, I'm declaring Satan's supremacy over my life. For it is a lie, and he is the father of all lies. And a wrong confession, get this, I pray you hear this this morning. A wrong confession declared the lie is greater than the truth of God's word. When I'm not speaking the word, and I'm speaking all the reality of my life, and, and I'm just caught up in the horizontal contraption of this world, that I'm saying the lie is greater than the truth. There's nothing I can do about it. You guys still love me? Amen. All right. 
I know you online do. That's why you tune in all the time. Love you. But this is for you as well. Amen. So watch it. As long as we speak the lies of the devil instead of the truth of God's word, hear me, you remain bound by sickness, cut off from success, and remain held in bondage by the oppression of the devil. Rick, can you come back to the guitar, please? Hear that again. As long as we speak the lies of the devil instead of the truth of God's word, we'll remain bound by sickness, cut off from success, and remain held in bondage by the oppression of the devil. It doesn't mean I don't talk about the issues that I'm dealing with. It doesn't mean that we need somebody going around being confession police. We don't need, you, let me help you. You have a full job controlling your mouth, let alone trying to control anybody else's. We used to, years ago, when the word of faith came up, people, well, that's a bad confession, that's a bad confession. Well, so is you up in my face. Y'all just give me some space right now. How many know that? Amen? So, it's not, don't worry about what other people say. Just encourage people. You keep speaking life. Speak life. Amen? But we don't want to be bound by sickness, cut off from success, and remain held in bondage by the oppression of the devil. For we continue to have what we say. Go with me to Acts 10. We'll get ready to close. Acts chapter 10. Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Everybody look up here just for a minute. That doesn't mean Lord of just all people. It means Lord of all. Lord over everything. The authority over all. All include, all is all. It's not a segment, it's all. He is Lord of all. So watch this. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Verse 38, here's the key. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. What did Jesus do? He removed the oppression of the devil off of everyone. So devil wants you speaking lies. Because the lies in you speaking his word gives him the power of oppression over your life. Our God is not a failure. And defeat is not of God. When we speak defeat, we are speaking the words of the devil and fulfilling his purpose through our lives. God never intended for the church to be defeated. Jesus declared that the gates of hell would not prevail against us. Matthew 16, 18. I give you the keys of the kingdom and I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Somebody ought to shout amen. That's who you are. You are born again. You are baptized into the body of Christ. You are the church. You are His body in the earth. And the body of Christ does not walk in sickness. It does not walk in disease. It does not walk in poverty. It doesn't walk in lack. It doesn't walk in fear. It doesn't walk in doubt. It walks in authority. And it speaks by faith. And it gives out the provision of heaven to those in need. Amen. Hallelujah. Watch this. We must choose and agree to speak holding fast to our confession. Let me read these last two scriptures to you right here. Yet we have the same spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as we have wrote. I have believed, therefore I have spoken. We too believe and therefore speak. Paul quoting David out of Psalms 116. So what does Psalms 116 says? Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my life from death, 
my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling and falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, trusted in, relied on, and clung to my God. Therefore, I have spoken, even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I declared God, even in my affliction, God is my answer. He's my strength. He's my sword. And I will speak, and I will declare life in every moment, in every season, in every circumstance of my life. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise this morning. Come on, give God a praise. You're not a defeated people. You're not defeated. God does not have failure. He does not have lack. Well, Pastor, I'm glad you're excited this morning. I need something to kind of stir me up. Don't make the old hymn your theme song. You know what that song was? I shall not be, I shall not be moved. (laughs) No, you need to be moved by God. You need to be moved. And you need to be honest with yourself. Cole, come up here. I feel like the Lord's giving you something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just bow your head and begin to pray right now. So what do I do? The Bible says I repent. I repent. I repent. I change the way I think. I renew my mind. I don't give in. Repentance means to move away from, to turn around, to go in the other direction. Repentance means to do a one I'm not going to let my mind go in that direction anymore. Father, forgive me. See, there is that area. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wrong thoughts are unrighteous thoughts. So if I'm thinking wrong thought, we, we think it doesn't matter what I think. No, you, you, you think you're planting the right seeds and all you're getting is corn, 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 corn. <laughs> How come I'm only getting corn in my life? Because all you're saying, I don't care what you think is going to happen, you only get the harvest of the seed that you sow. You have to change your mind. And you have to repent. You have to repent. Repentance is your friend, not your enemy. God is your friend, not your enemy. So this morning, just bow your heads. Just pray just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you this morning that even in, back in December, I was just praying and just so, it's so amazing how he just brings everything together by his spirit. But just, I was praying about being creatures of habit and that the old has passed away and the new has come, that we're renewing our mind. This was back in December, new mindset, new words, new confession and profession that as creatures of habits, habits in the way we think, habits in the way we eat, habits in the way we do the way we act, the way we react, that God is renewing. He's doing a stirring. He's, he's taking some old things and he's going to help you to put those behind you because you're a new creature. So old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the spirit of God this morning wants to help us develop new habits in him, new habits in his word with the mind of Christ by the power of his spirit. You're not going to do it in your own strength. But you're grabbing a hold of him. You're grabbing a hold of his word, his power. And so by the power of his spirit, our actions are going to change. Our reactions are going to change. Our words are going to change. Our confession and our profession that is going to align with his word in Jesus' name. Who I am in him and what pastor's talking about, our identity. Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Father, I thank you that you're illuminating the paths of your people this morning. Father, there's a spirit of healing in this house right now. If you've been struggling with receiving the healing power of God, put your hands up right now. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for a loved one. God wants to show up and show off. He wants to demonstrate his power in the earth today. Faith is now the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Father, right now, I thank you that you're releasing that anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. You're releasing a healing anointing, a virtue that passes from heaven to earth right now as they're raising their hands. Father, I thank you that you confirm your word, that nerve pain that doesn't go away, that there's no medication that can touch it. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you release that nerve in Jesus' name. Father, there's so many things that you're placing on my heart right now now for healing. But Father, I just thank you that as they lift their hands to receive 
from you. Healing is the children's bread. Don't be denied. Don't be deceived. Don't be lied to you like pastors talking about the two different voices. You are here. You're in the right place. You're at the right time. Whether you're hearing this word from the first time it's being replayed on video, you are in the right place at the right time to receive everything that God has for you. You have received everything that pertains to life and godliness. So Father, this morning, according to your word, we speak victory. According to your word, we speak healing. Father, we're thanking that we can go in this new year of confidence and faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted. Amen. 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 Hold on, hold on. Two things. If you need healing in the area and you're ready to repent of talking in agreement with whatever it is, move up here right now. If you're ready to repent and just leave the old life bill, the old conversation, and you can take that step. Father, this is my step of repentance. I'm changing my mind. I'm moving away with. I'm not going to talk that way anymore. I'm going to be renewing my mind. Then both areas, just move right now. We're going to lay hands on you real quick and just pray and bring a release of that authority. Jesus came to set free everyone oppressed by the devil. I felt the anointing this morning that just going to break some oppression off of people's lives. So just begin to worship the Lord right now. Just come up here. Just begin to thank Him. You make your confession before God. I'm no longer going to speak in agreement with this. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak hell. I'm going to declare your word over my life. I'm going to begin declaring I am, I have, I can in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.